0: the lead uh, of this team creating that environment where people feel really safe. Cause honest to goodness, walking through the front door of a CrossFit was the hardest thing for me. I don't know any of this stuff. Sure. I didn't lift. I didn't know, you know, squats or anything. You know, I, I'm a 55 year old dude who probably does not fit the typical CrossFit prototypical model. But honestly, I just fell in love with it um, because of the coaching because of the, the teamwork, because of, of the belonging sense, people really care about you.
1: I'm Kyle Virick, and this is the Know Your Leaning Edge podcast. well good afternoon thank you for joining us for this episode we've got a special one here i get a chance to talk to my great friend dr paul gordon and uh, one of the very first if not really the first guest for the know your leading edge podcast so very honored to have you here dr paul
0: thank you kyle honored to be here excited awesome. for the opportunity to have a conversation with you cool
1: Well, I'm going to just talk to you a little bit about uh, Paul's background, and uh, then I'm going to kick it off over there. So, Paul is currently, and just for a very short time, the superintendent of the Wenatchee School District, and is uh, headed down the road back to Illinois for a a second stint there, uh, soon to be the superintendent of the St. Charles School District. Um, Paul has a Bachelor of uh, well, I don't even know. It's a BA, right? Yep. So Bachelor of Arts in um, English and Secondary Education from Metro State in Colorado. Um, he's got his Master's in uh, Administration and Supervision, which is an awesome degree <laughs> that I've never heard of, um, at uh, from the University of Phoenix, and then finally a Doctorate in Educational Leadership um, from Fielding Graduate University in Santa Barbara. So, Paul, awesome to have you here. Awesome. Can't wait to, to learn be here. from you.
0: Let's go. Cool. Let's Tell do us this.
1: about your family, first of all. Your family's getting ready to pack up and get yeah. a lot closer. Tell us about what's happening over there.
0: Yeah, our family is on the move again. Um, it's been an amazing three years here in the Wenatchee Valley. Uh, but a, a calling came to be closer to our family. Uh, my son lives in, in downtown Chicago, my daughter lives in New York. And my wife and I just made a family first decision that yeah. said, we need to get closer to our kids. You, you never stop being a parent. Our kids are—my daughter is 25 and she she's amazing. My son is 26 and um, you know both really amazing. But we really feel like we're starting to miss really critical parts of their life uh, by being so far away. And then I have this incredible wife, Marianne, that we've been married for 27 years um, and going strong. So. Our family just said, let's, let's get a little more close in proximity and let's come together. And now we just learned that my daughter is going to move to Chicago as well. So the Gordon family will be in the same state, which is exciting.
1: That's great. When was the last time you guys were all together in that way?
0: Oh, boy. It would be three, Gabrielle, four, so seven years since we've been, because uh, Gabriella went to University of Kansas and it was a little Jayhawk. For four years, came home for two weeks and moved to uh, New York. So How about that? she just,
1: Kansas to New York.
0: Yeah, a little change, little change.
1: Slightly.
0: Sure. <laughs> so just growing up, and uh, and I think that, you know the kids are also excited for us to to be close and to be able to do things uh, together. Not all the time, but you know, here on some weekends, a couple weekends out of the month, just hanging out.
1: Yeah. We're, we're recording this a day after Father's Day, and I wonder what, what will that mean? What has it meant, one, to sort of transition into this period of life mm-hmm. as a father of now adult children, and how do you, how do you reconcile that from day to day, right? Like, I'm, I have two daughters that mm-hmm. are young. You've met them both, and I can kind of see glimpses of what life would be like, but I can't imagine going... 10 days without seeing my mm-hmm. child. Tell me about like how you and Marianne yeah. have sort of moved into this next stage of your life.
0: You know, the, the thing that we realized was you never stop parenting. Mm. And at times it becomes even more challenging because some of the issues they're facing are bigger mm. and sometimes a little uglier and harder. And you're not there. You can give feedback and sometimes they listen to guidance. But they're making choices, and what you really hope is um, during that time when they were under that roof with you, that you were teaching them the right values, uh, the right ethics, the right way to problem solve. And we're seeing a lot of that, but we're also seeing um, some time that our kids need us a little bit more, a little closer. So it is hard. Um, It's been hard because for three years we – Either the kids have to fly to us, spend a, a week with us, or we, we head out there. So you don't have that day-to-day contact. You don't have that monthly contact that you really miss. Um, and, and it's I think it's in those moments uh, of sitting around just watching a avalanche hockey game where you're able to have a quick conversation with your son on different things than hockey or anything else but on life. Right. And those were the pieces that we we were really missing were, were those quick connections. And seeing those people that they're bringing into their lives uh, that aren't their parents uh, or their sibling and getting to know them. So I think the parenting continues. It's very different, and we've learned that, uh, that our parenting is more listening, and that's sometimes hard because you want to give your great you know, feedback and advice, but we've learned to, to listen a heck of a lot more because that's what we believe our kids are looking for is somebody to to talk to, to, to ground their thinking. Yeah. So yeah, it has changed. It's changed a lot, but it's, it's been a, it's been a good change. Um, and my wife, thank God for her. I mean, she's the one who, who really is that bond and that glue that keeps our family just cruising along. Cause on good times, the kids will call me, but when they're struggling, they call, they call mama bear. Sure. And she's the one who, who really steps into that area.
1: Shout out to Marianne, she is pretty <laughs> awesome. I already miss you, lady. Well, tell us, uh, tell us about young Paul. How did you, uh, how do you come to be the superintendent now? Is this thrice? Or are we? My next one will be thrice. Yeah. Yeah. So, how did, uh, how does young Paul go from growth of, of mm. a young person <clears throat> all the way to this stage?
0: Uh, young Paul um, loved playing sports. Not really good at it, but I I loved it. I was like, if there was a fifth string, um, that was where Paul was. Paul wasn't on the field very much, but Paul loved being part of team. Even, you know, even when we were just playing in the neighborhood, loved, loved teams, loved sports, loved that that, that connection Mm. to other people, but also loved the competition. Um, in doing those pieces, but I didn't, you know, early on, I wasn't like, oh, I want to be a teacher. I want to do this. Um, That came later uh, when I realized how much I did love athletics and and doing that work. And like many of us, we had a mentor that kind of jumped into your life and and said, what are you doing? Go into this field. Um, And um,
1: who was that for you?
0: For me, it was Deb Capra. Yeah. Um, just this incredibly influential person who today I still continue to to reflect on her guidance and, and feedback and her husband was a legend in Colorado coaching football Damo, Dominic Capra, uh, who unfortunately we lost way too young uh due to cancer. But it, she introduced me to him and just started coaching, just doing some volunteer coaching. Mm-hmm. Um and really, just made connections and like I see the teaching, I mm. see the coaching, and it, it it became clear then that I needed to go into education, mm. and that was going to be that area. And and I love I love books, I love writing, so English became that area for me.
1: Yeah.
0: But I really thought I was going to be, you know, this high school English teacher and coaching football because I loved it. I, I loved every aspect of it. I love Friday nights. Yeah. Um, And and that's really what set me on the pathway. But again, Deb tapped me on my shoulder one more time and said, okay, you're done here. You need to move into administration. Um, And that's what kind of started me on that pathway.
1: Pretty cool to have someone speak into your life that
0: way. It really is. It it just, because they see, you know, I think other people see you in in different lights and see your strengths, your weaknesses. Um, And not everybody's willing to step into that space and offer you that advice. Uh, Deb was uh, and continues to be just this this strong uh, human who who just always has looked out for me and and countless others. Uh, So big shout out to Deb Capra.
1: Very cool. That's fantastic. So moving into administration, you move away from the connection that you really Mm -hmm. have grounded in what can sometimes be like really delayed fruit right as a coach as a as dominic probably fell in love with as most coaches do the the real depth of impact that they mm-hmm. have with young people i'm mean, after i follow up with this i'm going to ask you about what what made dominic special and what do you think about as a great coach mm-hmm. but how have you reconciled moving away from that day-to-day impact and moving into larger and larger scale and what's what's gained and lost by making yeah. that move it was hard early on
0: um hard the day I, i'll never forget the day that i woke up and i was i knew i was done coaching you know i had coached mm-hmm. for nine years and, and it doesn't make sense but high school sports i mean it was seven days a week Sure, uh, it's a lot um and we had a young family mm-hmm. uh my wife again shout out to her but she during the football season had a lot on her plate there, while she too was working full time. Um, but it was hard making that transition into just into administration. But I recognized early on, and again help with colleagues and other mentors, seeing the impact, you know, for me I went to become an assistant principal. And seeing that at the AP level, I was making a difference, but then I, I did that for two years, and then we had the opportunity to become a principal hmm. of uh, Westlake Middle School um, out in Broomfield, Colorado. And, and I still today, I never had one day going to that job where I was like, "Oh, I can't." I loved. Really. I loved being the principal of Westlake Middle School. I was like every day because of team, mm-hmm. and that's what it came back to. Got it. Um, was. Really creating a strong team around me, understanding my strengths, my weaknesses, hiring people who, who really filled my many weaknesses, um, and, and really trying to make that into that team atmosphere. So that's that's how I replicated that work from the football field into the, the principalship was understanding that team, it, it, does, it doesn't have to just stop on the athletic field. Yeah. Team is everywhere you're at. Um, and as a principal, again, overseeing all of it and making sure that our impact in our system w- was impacting each student. You know, So we had 950 students at our middle school. And when I first got there, it was known as this drug-ridden, gang-ridden, really bad school. And in Colorado, there was a lot of choice, so parents could choose to take their kids to any school. And there were eight middle schools people were transferring out of our school left and right. And then we were right on the border of Boulder County, which has some high academic schools, you know? So we we're getting hit on both sides. Like kids were leaving us, families were leaving us. And our academics were one of the lowest in the in the district. Um, and and we, we literally came together. And it was a we concept. And it ended up being... Uh, the highest performing middle school in the district recognized by the state. But the piece that I was most proud of was the pride in which the community saw in Westlake. Yeah. And they love bringing their kids there to the point where we had a wait list. We, we did wow. tours. People wanted to be a part of it. And the staff, they just bought into that. Because everybody wants that success. Everybody wants their organization, the, their organization, their team, whatever it is, to be better and thriving. And I really think that's where, that, that's where I learned some of my early leadership was, it's not about Paul Gordon. Sure. It was about all these other people. And my role was to, how do I amplify their voices? How do I lift them up? How do I support them? So they could do their really hard work. Because my work was no longer coaching quarterbacks, sure, wide receivers, running backs, teaching kids um, how to write, uh, or the intricacies of, of how to read. Mine was now trying to create a, a system that was really working for all kids at a school level. So that, that gave me a lot of juice and why I loved it. Um, and, and then having you know, the Sue Mallies of the world, the Jenny Edgerleys of the world, just teammates that we would laugh, cry, but we would come together to try figure out our biggest problems of the day. Team.
1: Cool. That's awesome. So let's, uh, we'll turn the corner on this a little bit and we'll talk a little bit about CrossFit. Yeah. So your brother owns a gym, has for a long time. Yeah. It wasn't anything that necessarily grabbed you for quite a period of time, but then we actually met as a part of a a, a former gym, the inner circle gym. Mm -hmm. Um, but now why CrossFit? Why, what is it? What does it do for you and why CrossFit? And
0: this sounds weird, but I couldn't imagine my life not having it as a part of who I am. That's awesome. And that would not, I mean, again, to know me, you would not think that uh, that's never been a part of my life. Sure. Um, You know, I used to work out, but I was the guy who would work out for a little bit, wander around the gym, and then try to go find the sauna or the hot tub and, and be done for the day. My brother who owns uh, South Aurora CrossFit and he's just been in it for years and I was like what is your problem mm. I mean he, for his age group he was in the top 50 within the world just an incredible athlete um and, and I never saw I never really understood it okay. and he speak passionately about it right like you Kyle I mean he just he just believes in it and understands the power in which CrossFit can can help people transform their lives not even just from a physical standpoint. And that's, to me, the piece that I've loved most. It's the connection and belonging. I love walking into to Leaf. Um, it's our coaches, but mostly it's the, the 5 a.m. crew. Yeah. There's a, a cool thing that's been happening lately where, um, you know, in the morning stretch, at times, you're going to start seeing people come to sitting together in a circle, and they yeah. want to hear each other stories from the day before, the morning, and just to share. Yeah. But there's also this aspect of of challenging yourself, mm. of failure. Sure, uh, and believe me, I, I mean Kyle knows this. This was not pretty. This is <laughs> I've been part of CrossFit, and one of the guys asked me this morning, "How long have you been doing it?" I think seven months uh, total. And it is transformational, and honestly, I love it. And I hate when I miss a day mm. uh, because it's that kind of connection. But it's it's kind of what we we're talking about earlier around team, and you as you know the lead uh, of this team, creating that environment where people feel really safe. Because mm. honest to goodness, walking through the front door of a CrossFit was the hardest thing for me, know, and wow. feeling like I was connected because. When I first walked in, and Kyle knows this, I mean, there are some serious athletes, Nate and Taylor, Stephanie, who would crush everybody. Sure. Um, you walk in, and I don't know any of this stuff. Sure. I didn't lift. I didn't know, you know squats or anything. You know, I, I'm a 55-year-old dude who probably does not fit the typical CrossFit you know, prototypical model. But honestly, I just fell in love with it. Um, because of the coaching, because of the, the teamwork, because of, of the belonging sense, people really care about you. Uh, and I can't tell you how often early on, especially early on, I'm telling you people, it was it was bad. <laughs> how the whole group really helped me through different aspects, just quick little tips. Remember when Nate came over when I was trying to do pull-ups and just giving little feedback. That doesn't happen in other places. It just doesn't. So for me, it was that community, that team, that belonging. Um, And I love when new people come in. Hmm. Uh, Mitchell and Sarah are new in the 5 a.m., yeah. And I love seeing how they're being brought in uh, as part of kind of the 5 a.m. family and, yeah. and everybody belongs in there. So yeah. it's just good stuff.
1: Good, good. You, uh, you're talking about a lot about the power of that community, and I'd love for you to talk a little bit about some of the things that you are an expert at in the world here, some things that you're really mm-hmm. sort of noodling around. So the power of relationships, and the impact on belonging in a group. Yeah. You're, you're writing a book about inclusivity. You're talking about a lot of these different things. Talk to me about mm-hmm. the, those, those points, relationships and belonging. You know, it,
0: as I've been doing this work from coaching way back in the day to superintendent leadership, you really start boiling things down, and it's still all about relationships mm. and wanting to care and connect with people. Because at the end of the day, do I have a lot of technical knowledge over my time that I built up? Absolutely. Uh, I've got some really good technical pieces. But I'll tell you what, those relationships matter more than anything else. Um, Because that's where that trust, that's where that comes in. I had to trust Kyle that he was going to put me in a really safe place for me to walk through the CrossFit doors at LEAF I had to have trust in Kyle, and that was that relationship that Kyle and I built. It's the same thing across the board. If you're coaching, if you're leading a, a, a small business, you're an entrepreneur, if you're you know, leading a, a 12,500 student district, yeah. um, all those pieces, I still see the same things that I was doing as a coach and learning. I'm just honing my skills. People wanna belong. That's a human need is to connect with others. When we see struggles in the world, when we see some of our youth struggling, choosing gangs or choosing some violent outcomes, um, when you look deep inside of it, it is this lack of belonging and wanting to belong. And yeah. the Wenatchee Valley, our district has been a leader in really trying to help youth in this gang Environment, mm-hmm. and we really listened to former gang members, it was the same thing. Hmm. It yeah. wasn't a lack of love. Yeah. It was a lack of connection yeah. and a lack yeah. of belonging. So I, I continue to see that in everything we do and really trying to make sure that any organization I'm part of has that connection, that relationship, and we build on those relationships. Yeah. And Kyle, I know this. You, you don't like hearing this, but that's what drew me to you right away in Inner Circle. Um, <clears throat> Kyle, he wasn't our, our, our normal coach. Each you know at the five a.m. or five thirty, whatever it was back right. then. But the first time I met Kyle, it was like, okay, this is a dynamic dude who's about relationships. Right away, you connected on just that simple level of knowing our names. Sure. And the next time we're back, so you start building that trust right away and building relationships, so people can say oh, that guy that guy has my back. He's gonna put me in the best position. And I think about that for everything we do. My team, I have a cabinet team, they have to trust, and I had to build relationships over time that said, yeah. no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put us in the best position, but more importantly, I'm gonna listen, I'm gonna listen, I'm gonna listen some more, so I hear exactly where you're at, right. and hear your needs and, and your struggles, so I can help create a better situation. And that's what I see Leaf doing. Honest to goodness, that's what I see you doing each time when when you're working with a group, when we have, again, high-level athletes. I'm on the far end uh, of of just learning. Um, But you've got some really technical athletes in our 5 a.m., but you're there coaching them as well and making sure they're being connected and, and that they know they belong, even though you've got some maybe more beginners yeah in that class but they are each being connected with and that's what makes it so cool um no matter where you're at and what you're doing cool
1: thank you yeah it's uh that's the thing that we're aiming for all the time um the connection and the people are why i've always wanted to coach to begin with you know i i I've tried to think I'm all right at a few things in my life, but Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, the thing that's been most natural for me has always just been getting to know you, asking you where you want to go, and then saying, do you mind if I come along and see Mm -hmm. if I can offer you something that might help you? And that's really, honest to goodness, the driving force of every day that I wake up. It can sometimes be annoying, right? (laughs) Because I really... People will ask me about my goals, but mostly my goals are tied to your goals. Mm-hmm. And if you're feeling great about yourself, then my, the end of my day is better. You know, I mostly think about other people's endeavors. You know, mm-hmm. what is you know what is Paul? What can I do to help Paul in yeah. this situation? And Paul just drove all the way across the country. I mean, you come across my head probably four times. Mm-hmm. Right next week when you when you sail away, I'll. And the same, the same kind uh-huh. of thing. So I really feel um, fortunate to be gifted in a way to really care deeply about people. And as a coach and as a teacher, I don't think that there's any way you ever shut that off. And uh, and
0: people feel it.
1: Yeah, I, I, we talk to students all the time
0: about teachers. Sure. Like, so what's a great teacher? Yeah. And uh, every time. It's not about their technical knowledge sure. of English, math, art, PE, whatever it is. Yeah. It's always the piece that you just talked about, mm. that you just spoke about is that I care about people, mm. that I care about the students, I care about my class, I care about the members in Leaf Gym. That's what they're saying as well. Mm. So from our youngest, I'm certified as <laughs> oldest, <laughs> That's what we're all looking for sure. is somebody that we, we have that connection with, that relationship, and ultimately that trust. And handing over trust to somebody, especially in a gym, yeah. that's a lot. Yeah. And for kids, it's a lot to hand over trust. But they say it on a continuous basis, exactly what you were talking about, Kyle. Cool. It's that piece. Again, why I believe all humans are looking for that.
1: Hmm. That's, that's what we want. I agree with that. Wholeheartedly. So let me tell you, I'd love to learn a little bit about maybe some of the stories that you're proud of in your own development. Yeah. Um, in the gym, um, maybe some goals that you've reached. Maybe some things that you're still struggling with that you're hopeful to reach. So yeah. Out there.
0: Well, today was a pretty cool day for me. Okay. Why? So? Uh, we were doing um, our deadlifts. Yeah. And today I did three hundred five for an old guy. You
1: hit three hundred five. I did. Uh, <laughs> by the way, this is a poor coaching job because I was coaching that class and didn't know we were at three hundred five. But it was super cool. Okay. Uh, because again,
0: the way you're coaching the technical side of things, yeah. and that's not who I am. So I'm really honed in on watching you. You yeah. know, when we're we're going through with a PVC pipe and yeah. like understand. Okay, I gotta. Push those knees in and make yep. sure that I'm not floating the bar. Yep. Um sticking that big toe in the ground. Yep. All those little pieces. Sure. So that was really cool. Okay. Um that that was that was cool. But a few weeks ago, um man, probably six weeks ago, you made one little tweak uh, on my, my kipping to for uh, chest to bars. Okay. Yep. I was all over the place. Okay. And you're like you gotta when you're at the top you gotta push away sure and it was just that little coach that yeah. little technique and all yeah. of a sudden i'm able to put those pieces together yeah um my cleans i'm starting to feel confident in okay and that's what we had talked about a while ago yeah. you know i had left arm and like is flying out there like a chicken wing sure. and, and you were just coaching those little pieces along yeah. to start feeling more confident uh in the work we're doing so yeah, my goals are just to continue slowly getting better. Yeah. Slowly, you know, I, I want to be able to do a muscle-up before I leave in a week and a half. Okay, so man, that, all right, that's, we that's got some work. <laughs> yeah, we got a
1: lot of work. No, no. <laughs> You've got all the strength pieces. We just yeah. got to put them together. So it just,
0: But I love it. I can't tell you how much I enjoy, it, it, you know, because I, I get up at around four, but I am like, every time, even though I'm a little tired, I'm like, ah, yeah. uh, But every time I'm so glad that I came in because I leave with energy. I feel good. One, it's that team. But two, there's that little bit of sense of pride. Yeah. Things are good. I had a guy today, said, you know, he's similar age to me, Scott. He's like, man, you're my inspiration for coming in here. I'm like, what? That's great. What? (laughs) So it's cool. Yeah. yeah, I just love it. I I really do. I've enjoyed it. I enjoy just being around you, Kyle. I mean, you give me energy and strength and continue to fill my bucket around all sorts of things, but continue to grow me as a new person into the CrossFit and why I've just fallen in love with it. Every time I tell my brother, he's like, what happened to you?
1: Really? That's (laughs) He's like, dude, you hate,
0: yeah. So now I'm like, hey, I
1: did this, I did that. Um, So it's fun. Pretty cool. Yeah. Well, back in Chicago... Back in Chicago, not too far from where you're going, is my younger brother. And it uh, took me, I don't even I've, I've been Crossfitting now seven or eight years. Um, and the first five, six of those, my brother wasn't on board with it either. I've tried to, t- you know, tug on him, bring him in. A couple times he dropped in with me here and there. Um, but now, out there in... Uh, um, He's at CrossFit Thunderbolt, which nice. is um, in the Aurora. I'm not exactly sure which sort of township mm-hmm. or what what suburb they're in, um, but he's in Aurora Naperville area, and they're they're like two years into their CrossFit journey. My sister-in-law is in there. My nieces are in there. Someday my nephew will get in there, and uh, when it grabs a hold of you and it changes you, it does. Um, it does some pretty magical things, you know. Not only the things you're talking about physically, but it really does. It builds in new confidence into who you are. So one of the things that I've been mm-hmm. working really hard on in our uh, in our business is to make sure that we're really clear on who we're trying to serve and what we're doing. You know, it's one thing to sort of slap values onto things, but what do those values look like in action? Um, and so last week I did a, a much deeper dive into that, really wanting to make sure what what am i aiming for mm-hmm. and i'm going actually i'm going to grab my so i made a made a quick note on this Let's see if i can find it so this notion of this this word kept emerging in my reflection time and it's the word fortified mm. and i was trying to think about what kind of values i'm trying to build into the people that walk through our door and cross our threshold. And so a person who's fortified is prepared for anything, anytime, and grateful to the obstacle for the opportunity, right? The opportunity to actually say, no, that's this is the obstacle. Mm -hmm. That's what Mm -hmm. I've been, this is why I'm here every day. And now I get the opportunity to overcome this thing. A person who is resolute Mm. Right, unwavering under pressure, strong enough to stare into the eye of the storm and never yield. You know, we inside the walls of the gym, we end up testing and failing a lot, and comparing and um, to ourselves, to our former selves, to the person next to us, to somebody's age, to some these things, these expectations we build up. But I want. People to stare into it and know that they're Mm -hmm. prepared and be resolute and just say this is where I'm headed And then finally the last one that and we've already talked about this I mean these are the things we're trying to build is connected, right? Mm -hmm. The strength of the tribe is really in the connection to one another right And the sense of tribe Is important to people, you know where we're talking about gangs. We're Mm talking my young daughter, you know, I see her she's 12 She just wants to find something to connect to doesn't matter what right it could be positive could be negative i could take her to a church youth group i could take her to a gang uh, jumping right like absolutely whatever, as long as somebody <clears throat> is caring that i i'm putting my hand up mm-hmm. you recognize that i'm alive and somehow i belong here is such a powerful thing Huge. and so the connection that we want to build for people right if we can if we can find a way to reach into people's lives Fortify them so that they any obstacle they see is opportunity. Mm -hmm. That they know they've done all the work, so they can stand against the wind, and that the behind them is a tribe of people. Like you have a place that's pretty special there. So that's that's where we're working. Yeah, that's where. But that is
0: that is, and it's overcoming those obstacles, knowing there's gonna be a a lot of failure, but that you have your tribe behind you, and that you're gonna slowly overcome each one of those, uh, again, with great coaching, great people to support you and lift you up when you, you are just uh, an absolute dumpster fire, and they're there for you. Uh, I, I love those values. And I love that you said that, because we talk about that a lot in our school district. We can slap a lot of words up on the mm. wall, yeah, but do we live those? Mm. Can people see our, our values in action? Yeah, And you literally can see the values of LEAF in action each day, mm. Um, coming through and really working every day uh, to, to improve your skills, to improve where you're at, to have those connections. Um, that's what LEAF is all about. And it does. It gives you confidence. Uh, you, I had zero confidence walking in here. And it, one day you and I were talking about there, like, you don't, you don't demonstrate that as yeah. somebody who doesn't have. And I was like, oh, my God, Kyle, inside we're all. We all have some kind of little crazy in our head where yeah. we're really having to battle through you know, that confidence. And when you have values like that, as a member, you, you feel like, again, I've said this before, you've got my back. Mm. You're not going to let me fail um, on an ongoing basis. Yeah, is there going to be some daily sure. failure? Absolutely. That's sure. part of the process. But are you going to be there? Yep. Each day. Yeah. Each day. So I love that you, you, you push those values out because I think when leaders speak their, their values to the world, I think one, it holds you accountable. Yeah. Like Kyle, you said these were your yeah, values. Yeah. I'm not seeing them on a day-to-day basis, but because you're putting them out there, the rest of us can't see that you are living by those values. Yeah. Each day we walk
1: into this gym. Cool. Paul you like to read i do I like, like to. i like to read and i love to learn yeah and i'm guessing as a superintendent you have spent a couple of minutes um <laughs> reading so tell us what are what and why your uh, maybe two or three books that have been transformational for you in your life
0: yeah there's been quite a few um yeah as a superintendent as a as somebody who just wants to learn yeah. more and more, mainly in the field of education, yeah, I, I dive into books on a regular basis. Uh, right now, I'm, I just finished a book called The Violence Project. Okay. So all around mass shootings throughout the world. Right. Fascinating, understanding. You know, these are two researchers who've just taken an immense amount of time, actually connected with, with people who've committed these crimes and really try to connect and understand the why behind yeah. it, trying to see that, you know, here's the crazy thing. What they keep coming down to, you know, around especially around school shootings, yeah. is we can fortify our, our schools well, all, sure. all we want, but it still came down to relationships. Sure. Each of these young people, yeah. and they mainly yeah. are 15 to 21-year-olds who've committed these heinous crimes right. on schools uh, around the United States and throughout the world, it's still this lack of belonging, lack of connection that these young people are facing. You know, it's mainly white males yeah. uh, who, who've committed these crimes. So we really need to look at those pieces. And that's that's the type of literature I love to dive into. Yeah. Um, I also love history. I, I, I'm reading a, a book right now on Abraham Lincoln and his 15-day journey from the time he was elected to getting to Washington. Yeah. And just understanding the complexities of him but for me abraham lincoln is one of those individuals that i always look to because of his many failures he had a, i mean we all yeah. think of him right. You know, as this incredible 16th president right. of the united states who was transformational um in abolishing slavery but this is a a, a person who, who ran for congress ran for senate failed 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 and even when they they had a list of I, I think it was like the top twenty five people that they thought would be running for the president of the United States. He was nowhere he on that list. He wasn't even on the list. He wasn't even on twenty top twenty five. But this he came he came into power, but he also started to change his thinking as well. You know, early on he 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 was somewhat okay with allowing slavery to continue with the current states who had it. He just didn't want it to expand. Got it. Um, he was willing to, to maybe make some sacrifices to, in, to not engage in a civil war, but he changed his thinking over time. It's those types of people I love to read about yeah. because we don't all have it figured out right away. Yeah. So it's that type of, of, of reading that I just want to dive into and understand other leaders, what yeah. they do, how they do their work, because I, I've stumbled, tripped and fallen, hundreds, if not thousands of times as a leader. Um, so you try to learn from others and you take inspiration from others. So yeah, I'm diving into books all the time, uh, generally in education, but I see the parallels of leadership, no matter where, where I'm reading or what I'm reading.
1: Right. It's interesting. I was thinking, um, what, what have you, uh, what have you changed your mind about? So let me re- <laughs> let me rhetorically ask that for just a moment. But what I was thinking was I was I was talking to a young person the other day, um, and they're maybe 15 years uh, my junior here. So I'm 44. I don't think of myself as 44, so I can't <laughs> believe that I'm as old as <laughs> I am. I'd give anything to be I, 44. <laughs> I don't look. I, I wake up pretty early, and my wife um, is still sleeping most of the time, so I don't turn on the light, and so I don't often look at myself in the mirror. So it's a great, it's a great way, not to realize how old you're yeah. getting is to never look at yeah. yourself in the mirror. So uh, you Solve. know, any of you folks who are worried about age, you just get rid of all the mirrors, and things are fantastic. You're 21 the rest of your life. Um, but I was talking to them. And it occurred to me that both of these young people I was talking to were really very certain. And we were having some tough conversations, and they were really certain about the pathway that they were taking. And in the moment, I saw myself in both of these young people Hmm. in that when I was 29, I actually got a great piece of advice from my great friend, John Bruner, who um, works in athletics at the University of North Carolina, but... When I was, at, I was at the University of Notre Dame, and I was taking part in the Rosenthal Leadership Academy, mm. and we were doing a retreat with a bunch of our mm. athletes there, and one of the exercises was, I want you to text somebody that you know will tell you the truth, and I want you to text them, and I want the, you to ask them, hey, what, what's one thing that I do really, really well um, and then also what's one thing that if, if I was able to really change it about myself, I'd, I'd probably have greater impact or greater effect. So I text John, John and I met through a sports management Institute and we, we spent very small sections of our lives together, mm-hmm. but now we're five or six years deep into our friendship, even though we see each other, mm-hmm. you know, maybe once every couple of years. years. Um, and John texted me back and gave me some really good advice. And, um, I can't remember what he told me you know, I was good at because <laughs> that's how that works. That's exactly right? how that works. And nobody remembers <laughs> no. any the stuff that they tell you you're good at. But John said to me, you might think about trying to be a little less certain about things, you know, And wow. um, um, that's still, I mean, right as I'm saying that it flushes mm-hmm. my body with, uh, um, sens- sensory, you know, pieces. Um, and so talking to these young guys to circle back what we're talking about it was clear that these 29 year old fellows are cl- are real clear about the path that they're on they're certain of how the world works that it's mm-hmm. black and white this is where we're going and this is how here's how things work and I saw myself in them and them and I just graciously said yeah no I can I can see where you're headed it makes total sense to mm-hmm. me Um Someday the corners may, the, the edges may round a little bit for you. Yeah. The blacks and whites will turn a little bit more gray. And so to, to come back to the question that I started on, what have you changed your mind about?
0: That's that a great were, question. you were
1: certain about yeah. not too long ago.
0: Yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it will seem somewhat surprising. But early on in my career, I was just adamant on the academic side of things for our kids.
1: Yeah.
0: Reading, writing, math. What is this social emotional stuff? Yep. Why is that getting in our way? Why do we need that stuff? I mean, this isn't that long ago. Yeah. And just some other good individuals in my life helping me understand those the power that those connection and the belonging have on uh, on young people older people, everyone in between. That was a big changer for me, because I, I, I love the academic side of things. I love talking early literacy. Uh, I can bore anybody to death <laughs> around early literacy, uh, okay. and, and the work we do around professional learning communities, all of that stuff. But the piece that I, I said, it's kind of like what you, you talked about with your values. I put some of that stuff on the wall, but I don't know if my actions ever backed it up completely. And I really had to change my thinking around that, uh, around day-to-day. No, it it is one of the most important things that we do in education on a day-to-day basis is connecting with our kids, connecting with each other, and making sure we're good to go. Because when we have that there, our students are gonna be more apt to engage in the academic side of things. When they have that trust, that relationship, And saying it out loud, it's like, no duh, Paul. I mean, it's just like walking in here. I had to have that trust before I would start doing any of the work. For sure. Um, So that's been a, that is literally a game changer for me. And then, you know, the other one is not judging that book by the cover. Having so many assumptions about people um, and really trying to make sure that shocking through this uh, podcast but i i do talk less than i ever used to um and really listening yeah. to hearing the stories of others and making sure that their voices are, are truly amplified
1: yeah this week even as i have i mean as a coach and as a teacher which that's who you are too mm-hmm. um you are often at the front You're often being, and people are awaiting what Mm -hmm. you're going to say. And so you have to, you need to impart that. I was, again, I was, we were talking about Seth Godin before we hit record today. And I was listening to him talking about, um, the 90 words that we say are the fat that protects the 10 words that we have to say that are really the thing that that we really want. But we fill the space to protect ourselves a little bit with excess words, Mm -hmm. you know, and, um, I really want to be a, a fantastic communicator, um, and I want to be able to give people so much. And my wife would say, and a lot of other people would say, like, I just want you to listen. And I'm still, still working on that. And the one thing I try to remind myself, which I heard, I can't, I can't attribute it to anybody at the moment, but it certainly was not an original thought. Nor are any of my <laughs> thoughts original. So let's just clarify that. Um, whenever I'm talking. I'm, I think I'm working out whether or not I'm actually right at times. Mm-hmm. And what I think is really important for me to remember is that when I'm talking, I'm not learning anything. And so I, in order to be in a learning space, mm-hmm. I actually have to turn that volume button off. And that gives me access to be able to learn all about you, about the things that I'm missing. Mm-hmm. And so I think... For me, trimming that fat to getting to the to the piece that you really need mm-hmm. and then opening the space up for you to walk into it is a is a huge evolution in, in my own learning, but um, Mine
0: as well. Yeah. I mean but that's a huge gift yeah. to give other people that space.
1: For sure. And that grace. It's tough for a guy who coaches and leads and yep, does all this stuff. It is. Right? I really do most people are like, you only want to be at the front. And I'm like, no, I wish I wasn't. <laughs> I, I, uh, I was, but that comes with, with time man. though, where,
0: yeah. cause you know, there's a time I had much bigger ego uh-huh. where I needed to be out front. Right. I don't need to be out front. I, 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 I mean, that's that thing that you learn over time as well. Yeah. I don't, yeah, uh, there. you can lead from the side. You can lead from up front, but you can also lead from behind as well. Yeah. There's different ways of doing this. It's not this one size fits all. You got to hear from Paul, Paul or Kyle, or there are many voices that, that will be transformational,
1: for sure. But that's hard to learn. Tough. Well, what uh, what does make a great coach, Paul? What makes a great teacher a great coach? You got any any of those? Yeah. I mean, thinking about Dominic, we talked about him earlier, oh. and and thinking about maybe other. Deb, obviously. Yeah. Right? What makes a great leader in your life?
0: You know, it's funny that you we're closing out in that area. Honestly, I think it's all the things that we've just been touching on. Yeah. Dominic, there are many people. I mean, Dominic won state championships. He's he just this incredible coach. Yeah. But people always thought he was just this arrogant, yeah. really just wouldn't talk to people. Yeah. But truly, Dominic was very shy. Sure. He was very quiet but watching him on the football field with players. And as you were talking about Seth Grogan and, and those words, Dominic used very few words, mm. but he, players understood exactly what he wanted from defensive linemen to quarterbacks. He was the, the precision of his language, mm. which I don't have. <laughs> I have a lot of fat around my language, as you talked about. Yeah. Dominic was precise with his language. Paul, elbow up as I'm throwing the football. Hey, flick the finger through. Yeah. That finger, Better you better tuck it into the pocket. And I knew exactly what he was talking about when he was talking to a, a quarterback or, or whatever it was. So he had this precise language about him um, and how he carried himself. But people thought he, he was this arrogant person, but truly he wanted to listen to others. Got and again, he carried himself. You know, a few state championships on that hand of his and other pieces, but he truly wanted to listen to other people. He wanted to be there. And honestly, his players, his coaches, his families would have done anything for him because he was just there. He was true servant leader. He was there to make the North Glen High School kids better, the Legacy Lightning kids better. Wherever he was coaching, he was all about just making people better and the situation better. And people still talk about him. I mean, Dominic's been gone, I'd say probably close to 20 years now. And people still, I still think of him as that type of leader and that type of human that I can continue learning from. Um, And his wife is very similar, very quiet, um, precise, but somebody whose lived experiences really mattered. And I think that's that other piece, the, the, those lived experiences. Why we trust you. You have many years of lived experiences in that CrossFit world that that brings that trust to people. So I, I, those are the pieces that I think about what it makes a great coach. You also have, that, have to te- have that technical side. Yeah. Like you, helping me or any other member. Like Dominic helping players. Yeah. You still have to have that technical piece. You can't just be... You know, relationships only. Yeah. It has to be that combination of that technique to be able to say, "No, Paul, this is this is where I need you to go on this. This is what I need you to do." You, you know, lift your butt up here, over here, do this. And, and Dominic and coaches, and that's what I really learned from Dominic was how to how to coach better, how to really watch people take a step back. And I saw you doing that today. You just kind of taking that outside bird's eye view of your class and watching each person and be able to say, okay, Nate's issue is very different than Paul's issue, and I'm going to coach up on each one. So you have to bring both. You can't have one without, you just need both of them, I think, to be a great coach. Yeah.
1: Couldn't agree more. All right, so here's where I'm. I'm actually quite sad. We've got what do we got? About another week. We do. So the good news is, I did. I sort of did venture into this earlier, though. um, But uh, you'll not be able to rid me uh, of you out of your life at any point. Um, So at some point, I'll drag Marianne back out into the uh, out into the gym world. That's right. Back out there too, but. because my brother's there in Chicago. So we'll be back there. and yep. we'll, we'll, we'll catch you and we'll continue on the, the pathway. I'll be super excited to see you there. Yep. Um, in St. Charles. So here's the uh, let's get out of here on this. You are 55, you say. So it's Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday. Wednesday, my big birthday. Yeah. Well, that's right. The 22nd. 22nd. Right? That's yeah. awesome. All right. And uh, when are you leaving us? The 27th. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 28th. 28th. 28th will be my last day in class. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Well, this weekend, we're all I do want to point out to folks, too. This may come out. Um, this will probably publish afterwards. But uh, Paul, being an educator, both of my parents were teachers, um, cared deeply an awful lot about the, the mission that teachers mm-hmm. um, play in people's lives. And we, ob- we, we obviously lost two teachers um, along with... Uh, it was nine. It was 19, it was 19 mm-hmm. students that uh, that were lost in the in the recent shooting there in Texas, and unfortunately, this is just one of as you as yep. you mentioned, sort of a rash of these kinds of mm-hmm. things happening. So Saturday um, here in the in the box, we're going to get a chance to honor a teacher who was also a CrossFitter, um, a very passionate CrossFitter there, and, and do a workout called Eva Strong. So in Love the memorial uh, for Eva Morales. So we're excited about that workout, but. Going back to what I was saying there earlier, you're you're 55. Speak to that 35-year-old um, father of a son who's <laughs> six and a daughter who's five, and mm-hmm. married, and pursuing greatness in his own life. Like, what is it that you would offer that young version of yourself to say, "This is the best I got for you"?
0: I'd say slow down. Hmm? Slow down and it's hard to do in the moment. Slow down, boy, it goes quickly. Hmm. It just goes so quickly and I enjoy those moments. And I know we all we've all heard that from older folk like me. Um but it really I, I, I was so busy moving up, you know, and focused on Paul. There were some times, and I think Marianne would say the same thing. Like, dude. You know, there, there's three more people over here. Um, I, I was super focused. I, I wanted to become, a, at that point, I was like, I knew where I was heading towards the superintendency, and I was laying the groundwork for all of it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, my, my advice to 35-year-old Paul would be, take a breath, brother. Slow down just for a moment. See what's going on around you a little bit more. Um, don't be so impatient, you know, and again, that journey—it's such an important part of it. And I just wanted to get there. Yeah. Just wanted to get there. Yeah. Um, and I think that's probably why I'm enjoying CrossFit and Leaf more than I would have ever imagined. Because I'm enjoying each day, just coming in and, and knowing I'm going to struggle, but knowing that there may be days t- like today where, you know, I do a personal best for myself, um, and, and I'm on that journey. And why I enjoy being a superintendent more uh, because I'm enjoying the journey and understanding again those connections to people uh, but yeah that's what I would say to 35 year old Paul 35 year old Paul also had hair back then <laughs> <laughs> I also had exactly. hair. Too bad you didn't have a hair club for men or something I back. Did,
1: and then. I did notice. I actually zoomed in on Dave's picture on his website because I was like, wait, it looks like Dave has hair. Yeah, Dave's, got a, Dave's hair got a full head of hair. Well, today another personal best that you also achieved was that you actually got to the gym before Nathan. So, um, yeah, that is shocking. Yeah, I, it was shocking to be yeah, too. Yeah, I know. I know. So, we told Nate yep. he's got
0: to make it up. He's got to be in here at three
1: in the morning tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I'm grateful to you for yeah. um, for the time. I'm grateful for your friendship and the the support that you and Marianne offered when we decided to, as a family, to venture off into creating a space where we wanted to yeah. add to people's lives. So. The, despite the fact that you're going on down the road, you will forever be a, a brick in the in the building of this place oh. and ro- right there at the base. So I'm grateful to you, Paul. Well,
0: and I'm grateful for you, Kyle, getting to meet you way back at Inner Circle and knowing that there was something truly special about you and wanting to <laughs> continue to follow you on your journey. Uh, Trina, your girls, yeah, you're always going to be part of the Gordon family as well. It's just been an incredible journey, and I just I really mean this. I, I, I wouldn't be, I'm more confident in my abilities because of Kyle, because of what you ha- have done in this space and in this, for this gym. So I am so grateful for you and I can't wait to continue learning from you and continuing our relationship.
1: Likewise. All right. Well, I, uh, I'm grateful to you. and We've got uh, we got a, a short bit left and we'll make sure that we make every day sweet. Love it. Thanks for the time, Paul. Thank you. All right. Hey, if you want to uh, check out more, Go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. We'd love to have you jump on. If you enjoyed what you got here, please leave a rating. And uh, we'd love to have five stars if you can spare those. Um, the podcast is brought to you by our fantastic partner, O2, and Dave Kalina there. And we're just excited to uh, to have a great partnership based in values and and serving people. So um, thanks for listening. And uh, for more, you can always check out the Know Your Leading Edge podcast on every platform that you can find your podcasts and uh, visit us at leafgym.com for more. So have a wonderful day. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of know your leading edge podcast with your host, Kyle Vera for more information or to check us out on the web, please visit leafgym.com. Learn character from the tree values from the roots and change from the league.